Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And man, did I have a week. Uh, I got back from CES. I worked. Um, my family came in. I have seven family members uh, here in Phoenix hanging out with me, so that's fun. Um, and I know it sounds like maybe that was a question. It's a statement. It's a statement, not a, not a question. It is fun, uh, but it's very busy. So uh, I'm recording this on Saturday night instead of Friday. But here's the thing. I got to record some content for Allison Sheridan's Nocillacast while I was at CES. I was able to edit that and send that stuff off to her. Uh, I was also on the Daily Tech News show on Friday. And uh, this will be the fourth episode of this show that I've done in a week. So a lot of content this week. And that is going to bring us to the last of the CES interviews. I still have some digital media to go through uh, from CES, like some of the um, talks that the companies did. I went through Mercedes on Monday, I believe it was. So if I find anything interesting in those talks, I'll be sure to pass those along to you. Also, I was on the Daily Tech News Show. We talked about some of the things I saw at CES and we chatted about whether or not EVs are getting too heavy in terms of how they will react in a crash against a smaller vehicle. Obviously, heavier vehicles will, on paper, uh, do better against a smaller vehicle that's lighter. So it was a good conversation. And I got to be on a show with Rob Dunwood. I've been an SMR podcast listener for years. Rob and I have interacted on Twitter several times. Really like that guy. And I got to be on the show with him and Lynn Peralta, uh, who made some really great art for the show. So I'll put a link to all that stuff, the SMR podcast, Allison's podcast, Lynn's store. I'll put a link to all that stuff in the show notes. And I would really recommend checking out Lynn's artwork because uh, it's funny. And I, I bought a copy of it. All right, let's go ahead and start the news. In Q4 2022, 
Lucid produced 3,493 cars and delivered 1,932 cars. Lucid actually beat expectations, but there's a, there's a caveat to that. They beat the revised expectations. So Lucid uh, set a number, and they said, we're going to reach this number. And then they were like, you know what? We're not. So we're going to revise that. It's going to be a lower number. They beat the lower number, but Lucid's growing, and I'm happy to see that. I'm sure we'll hear all about it on February 22nd, 2023, because that is their Q4 2022 earnings call. And yes, I'll be doing earnings calls on Tuesdays again. I just won't be doing as many as I did last time. I think I overdid it a little bit. You know, the benefit of doing four shows a week is that uh, by Friday, I don't have a lot of news to talk about. That's our only EV story. We have one Tesla story. But before we do the Tesla story, I thought I would talk about some of the cars that I saw at CES. And this is a really quick superficial review of each car. I saw the Zeker 001 at the Mobileye booth, and it looked really nice. It had a bunch of Mobileye stuff on it, you know, like the sensors and the LiDAR and stuff like that. So you don't get a full sense of what the vehicle looks like without all that stuff on there. But as a general rule, I thought it was a really good-looking car. Um, we weren't allowed to open the doors. They had them, uh, or, or get inside. They, they had them all roped off. So you couldn't do that. Next to that was a Neo vehicle that I cannot quite remember which version. It was one of the bigger SUVs. Actually, I just remembered I took a picture of it. It was the ES8. I would have really liked to have seen one without the Mobileye, uh, equipment on it. But as a rule, I thought this was a great looking SUV as well. The inside looked really nice. The only thing that disappointed me is they didn't have the little personal assistant that Neo is famous for. I was a little bummed about that. They had taken that part off and put like a plate over it. So that was a bummer. I also saw the ID Buzz. Now, this is one of those moments where my heart skips a beat. And I'm like, oh, I'm so excited about this vehicle. And the outside does look great. It's not as big as I thought it would be, but the outside looks so nice. The inside, I wasn't thrilled with. Um, yeah, we'll have to see what it looks like when it gets here in the United States and how it drives and all that stuff. But very similar to the ID4 as far as how it's equipped. And um, not as big as I thought it would be. So, yeah. And none of these things are bad. It's just not what I thought it would be. And sticking with Volkswagen, I saw the ID7. And it was it was pretty cool. They had this cool, um, I can't I forget what it's called, but they had this cool paint that kind of lit up. Um, they did a little light show for us. It was in a dark room. I, I think I like the way it looks. It's got that weird camouflage where you can't, your brain doesn't really... <laughs> doesn't really realize what it's looking at and it causes confusion, which is easy for me, as you all know. So from what I can tell, I like the look of the ID7. The Ionic 6. I saw an Ionic 6 driving around in the parking lot that I was uh that I had parked in right next to the South Hall. Here's the thing about the Ionic 6. I don't like it. <laughs> I was so disappointed. Um, I did not have a problem with the back and initially in the pictures. A lot of people had a problem with the back of the car. And I was like, that's kind of silly. That doesn't look bad. But in real life, it doesn't look great. Uh, the front and the sides looks fine. But from behind, it doesn't look great. That's not a reason not to buy the car, though. What I'm saying is I don't want my nonsense to sway you in any way. I'm just telling you my thoughts. 
I saw the Lucid Air again. At this point, I've seen the Lucid Air so many times that I wasn't even going to stop and look at it. And I really didn't. But the booth that it was in, it wasn't in a Lucid booth. It was in a like a third-party vendor's booth. But the booth that it was in um, was kind of in the middle of a lot of different things when I was walking from place to place. And every time I walked past that booth, there were probably six, seven, eight people looking at the Lucid Air. It, it garnered a lot of attention. So that makes me happy to see. I got a quick peek at the BMW Vision D, D-E-E, and the, it's a concept. It looks nice. Um, again, it's a concept, so I wouldn't, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I like their concept car much better than their other cars that are concept. Their current production cars, not a big fan of, but this Vision D, if they keep half of it, um, it's going to look nice. I also got a free breakfast and a coffee at the BMW booth, so I appreciate BMW for feeding me, and I got to listen to a DJ, so I very I felt very special. And I, I'm pretty sure that's it. That's all I have written down, so... Let's move on to our Patreon plug. And I'm going to do an actual Patreon plug and a thanks to the patrons. I was actually able to pay for most of this trip through a couple of different sources. One, my wife was very nice and bought me the ticket, which was 100 bucks for my Christmas present, which I was very appreciative of. But probably somewhere close to 60% of the expenses incurred going to CES was actually covered by the Patreon. So I really appreciate everybody who contributes to the show. It doesn't bring in a lot of money. It's about uh, $52 and then Patreon takes their cut. So it's less than that. But, you know, I really don't touch that money because like I said, it goes back into the show and this was something that I was able to do with that money. So it really means a lot to me for everybody who supports the show. Um, and then I was able to do something cool. like go to CES. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you would like to be a member of the Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. And for a dollar, you get rid of the ads, you get your own personal RSS feed, and you can support the show so I can do more things like that. I would, I'm, I'm hooked. I got the bug. I would like to do more events. It was a lot of fun. All right, let's get to our Tesla news. Tesla has reduced the prices on its vehicles into that. I say huzzah. I don't need to tell you folks that I've thought that Teslas were overpriced for some time now. And at the moment, I think they are perfectly priced. I think they are exactly what they're worth. Um, and it really doesn't matter why Tesla made the, made the, made the price adjustment on some cars. It was as much as 20%. Um, could it be demand stock price? Is Elon distracted with the kitchen sink and Twitter? So they were able to reduce the prices without him knowing it. Probably not. We can guess until the cows come home and we'll likely be wrong. I'm just glad that they did it. Some Tesla owners are unhappy because their cars lost value. And I totally understand that. I'd be unhappy too. I can say that all Tesla customers who have a pre-order but haven't received their vehicles yet will get that adjusted pricing. So the prices came down for them. If you took delivery of your Tesla on Monday, uh, you're probably not going to get a price adjustment. 
The Model 3 and the Model Y both qualify for the U.S. federal tax credit, at least until March of 2023 when they figure out what they're going to do with those rules. So let's go ahead and look at the new prices for the Model 3 and Model Y only. The Model 3 rear wheel drive, I always have such a hard time with that, will get you 272 miles of range and start at $43,990. The Model 3 Performance will get you 315 miles of range and start at 53,990. Tesla didn't have the Model 3 Long Range listed because it's apparently out of stock. So I don't know what that's going to cost. The Model Y Long Range, however, will get you 330 miles and start at 52,990. And the Model Y Performance is 303 miles of range starting at 56,000. $990. All of those prices that I just quoted you did not include the $7,500 tax credit. Now, let's talk about some of the reactions I saw on Twitter. There was really three. The first one is, like I said before, a lot of people were upset because the value of their vehicle just went down significantly. The second reaction came from people who ordered a Tesla as soon as the prices dropped and they were posting their order information online. And that's that that one's actually fun to see. And then the third reaction that I saw actually today was a lot of like RIP legacy automakers because Tesla dropped their prices to a reasonable amount. Uh, the automakers can can weather a price drop. It's it's not going to kill them. They'll be fine. So there's no RIP legacy automakers because Tesla dropped their prices. It brings competition, and that's what we want. As consumers, we should not want the the prices to be where they were. The prices were entirely too high. We want price competition, so it's better for us. Now, I understand there are people out there who are Tesla shareholders, and the more money Tesla makes, the better the company is. And I genuinely want you to make as much money as humanly possible. However, I do think that Tesla's stock price can be priced at a level where you'll make money and also the prices of the vehicle be priced at a level where reasonable people can buy them. So balance is really what I'm looking for there. And I want a price war. I want a price war between Tesla and Ford and Hyundai and Chevy when they bring out their more affordable electric vehicles. I'm not going to call the Hummer an affordable vehicle. And of course, the Dodge Ram. Uh, Man, did that car look awesome. Uh, I don't know what it's going to end up production-wise, how it's going to look, but but the concept looked very nice. Uh, hopefully, Dodge has the capabilities, or Stellantis has the capabilities, of putting together a compelling vehicle at, a, at an affordable price. We'll see. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. 
Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, everybody, that is it for our news this week. Let's go ahead and jump into our interviews. The first interview I did was with Jasper. Jasper was with Lightyear Zero. And I wasn't even going to ask anyone at the Lightyear booth to to do an interview because the Lightyear Zero is like two hundred and fifty or two hundred and sixty thousand dollars. I forgot to write the price down, but it is a ridiculous amount of money. And if you've listened to my podcast for any length of time, I think we're way lopsided on expensive EVs versus affordable EVs for the masses. And I want to see more affordable EVs. So I was sitting and I was talking to this very nice person. His name is Jasper. We were chatting and getting along really well. I actually found out that Pennsylvania Dutch aren't actually Dutch. They're German. So I have to go back and rethink a lot of things because my grandpa always told us we were Dutch and he was from Pennsylvania. So maybe a 23 and me is in order. But anyway, we were having a great time talking. I said, you know what? I'm really disappointed that this car costs so much. We need more affordable EVs out there. And Jasper said, oh, no, 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 no. We only made this car so that we could prove that it could be done. And right behind us, we have our next car, the Lightyear 2. And that's a $40,000 car. I instantly changed my tune, asked him if he would do an interview. He's very nice. He said yes, despite me being me and awkward and maybe a little rude. I didn't mean to be rude. He didn't take it that way, I don't think. But anyway, we did a really nice interview. And then he took me behind this curtain, and I thought I was going to get to see the car or this little uh, kind of like partition. I thought, I thought, oh, I'm going to get to see the car. And, and they have like a, a quarter inch of wood and then a quarter inch gap and a quarter inch of wood and then a gap. So when you look in, it's very, uh, it's very disorienting and you can't really get a good look at the car. But from what I could see, it looked nice. It, it has a lot of the same design cues as the light year zero, which has solar panel panels on it and all that stuff. But I, I, yammering on and on and we just need to listen to jasper so let's go ahead and jump into our interview with jasper from lightyear i'm here with jasper and rachel who's standing off to the side uh and you were both with lightyear and we were looking at the lightyear zero why don't you tell me a little bit about this vehicle cool so lightyear zero is what we like to call the world's first solar car it's a it's a battery electric vehicle that's covered in uh, 54 square feet of uh, solar panels. There's about 782 uh, crystalline uh, solar cells on the, on the, as you can see, well, you can't see because I'm talking, uh, <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on, the, on the roof, on the trunk, and on the, uh, on the bonnet of the car, on the hood, sorry. Yes, yeah. Um, bonnet for everyone else. Bonnet for everybody else, but uh, we're in America. And the so boot. And the boot. And the boot, the boot, not the truck. Um, and like with that, you can get a, the car can top itself off with, up at about 49 miles of a range per day. So clean, free solar energy. Uh, having said that, it is a battery electric vehicle. So um, the battery uh, battery range in this car is about 383 miles. Uh, but as you drive, 
while parked uh, or while driving. Whenever you see the sun, the car will charge itself. And with that, you can get up to basically uh, over 600 miles of, of range until you next have to plug it in. So you said, uh, what did you say, 38 miles just from the solar, right? 49. 49. Yeah. What about if it's cloudy? Because we're going to lose a little bit, but we're not going to yeah. lose that much. I've got solar panels on my house. Cloudy is not a big deal for me. Oh. Um, what about if it's cloudy? What are we looking at? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different variables here. Sure. So it depends a bit on, on, on where you are. Like in a cloudy day, when let, let's say you're still in the in a certain location like Vegas, you probably get about 30 miles of range. Rough estimate here, but don't pin me down on it. Sure. I will not. Uh, even where we're from, like so our company's based in the Netherlands, which is literally like, Pretty much the world's worst place for for solar energy. Sure, uh, you can get a get a decent range of thirty miles uh, per day uh, on a, on average summer's day. Okay, and then we have uh, in hub motors. Yeah, and there's there's four of them for this vehicle, Correct. which is really good for efficiency. Um, how are you finding the durability on that? Um, well, I mean, this is our very very first production car, so sure. like Lightyear Zero, the car you're looking at here is actually the car number one. Uh, we went into production late November. In terms of durability, uh, we're doing the, the, the real-life customer okay. tests. Uh, they will come soon. But uh, like all the all the tests that we've done so far show that there's the there's no issues with the durability, and we're actually quite happy with the, with the performance. We did all the all the tests uh, in like all the weather conditions you can you can think of. So technology is quite uh, quite sturdy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of in hub motors. I know that uh, some companies are a little bit uh, wary of using them, but I think. The only way they're going to get better is if we use them, break them, and make them better. So I'm a big fan. So this vehicle is a is a sedan. If I have to, what are we getting? Like five people in this vehicle? It looks it looks very roomy from the inside. I'm not allowed to touch the car, but it looks very roomy from the outside. Uh, we're getting five people in here comfortable. You're a tall guy. Can you get in the back seat and, and be comfortable? I can. I mean, having said that, this car is built for like record-breaking aerodynamics. It's the most aerodynamic production car in the planet. So, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that it's the most spacious uh, back seat <laughs> you've ever seen. Having said that, like, you know, we'll get to this later on, but uh, so Lightyear Zero is the car that we, we built to, to prove it's possible. Like, we wanted to do everything in our power to make this both the most aerodynamic and the most energy-efficient uh, production car on the planet both of which we've actually uh, managed to do. It has an uh, aerodynamic uh, coefficient drag of uh, 0.175. Okay. And the energy efficiency is uh, 169 watt-hours per mile. Uh, so both of those are our best in class for any production car uh, on the planet right now. Um, next, though, we're using the same technology, so same uh, solar cells, same uh, in-off motors, uh, but putting it on Lightyear 2, our second model, okay. which will be a practical five-seater car that doesn't compromise on the everyday usefulness of the design. So that will definitely have uh, enough space for uh, five passengers and, uh, and all their cargo. Okay, that's cool. And then if we if, if it's nighttime and we need to charge this, what are we looking at if we pull up to a DC fast charger? Can we pull up to a 350 kilowatt DC fast charger and, and get all that energy? Or are we looking yeah. for something bigger or smaller? What do we got? 350 kilowatt uh, uh, energy DC. DC what did you charging. say, 350 or 250? 350. Yeah. 350? Yeah. Right on. So, uh, yeah, definitely. And, like, I mean, the, 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 the beauty of the, the car actually is uh, uh, because it's so aerodynamic, because it's, uh, it's quite a, a car that tops itself off, the battery is 60 kilowatt hours, so it's relatively lightweight, and it charges quite fast. You can even plug it into your, literally, your kitchen socket, uh, 3.7 kilowatt uh, charging, and it'll charge with about 20 miles per hour. So, like, if you plug it in overnight in any outlet you can find, 
uh, you'll still have meaningful range about 200 miles uh, next morning. Awesome. And then is there, I ask this of everybody, because there's bound to be things that people, that you want people to ask you, but they haven't. So is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think I maybe should have? What am I missing? <laughs> well, I mean, we've been to quite, quite a bit in the car. I think it's the, like what, what makes Lightyear unique. I mean, the most striking features are definitely the, the, the sort of the solar panels and the Ingwer motors. Uh, but to me, what makes Lightyear a unique company is actually the, the mission and the vision. Like the company was founded uh, with the mission to bring clean mobility to everyone everywhere. Uh, and I think that's really kept us grounded uh, and helped us figure out how do you reimagine the car. Like, how do you make sure that you build a car that's, you like to think of it sort of as a dual equation. Like, one thing is maximizing the input of clean solar energy. So, like, making sure that the solar panels we have, which we fully uh, designed and manufacture in-house, uh, are as efficient as they can be. On the other hand, how do you make sure that you build an electric car that minimizes the, the energy use? Like, really think through from the bottom up, like, how can you build a car that's, that's as energy efficient as possible? And then, like, you know, obviously, uh, where we want to go is Lighter 2, the car that we're going to sell in the, in the States at the end of 2025, which is going to build, bring the mission uh, to a to, to much larger audience in the sense that the car will be practical, as I said, but also more accessible priced. Uh, it'll be uh, about $40,000 when it's market in the, in the US. That's awesome, man. And, and we kind of started a conversation off with uh, me telling you that I don't love it when we price vehicles out of the reach of most people, and then you... You turned it on me like, well, right behind this curtain behind us, you got a $40,000 car that that's what it's going to start at. So I'm super stoked about this. Jasper, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on. I want to thank Jasper for coming on. He was, honestly, he was so nice. Um, Rachel was also nice. She kind of disappeared once we started talking. She didn't want to be interviewed. She was just there for moral support and then faded into the background. Next up, I chatted with a VinFast representative, and that's how he wanted to be identified as. And this was a really fun interview. Not only was this person fun to talk to, and I wish I could say his name because he deserves all the credit in the world. He was so fun to talk to, uh, full of personality. He was full of really good information. And at the end of our little interview, he said, hey, we're doing test drives outside. Do you want to do one? And he walked me over there and he got me signed up. I didn't have to really do anything except for sign a waiver. Uh, They got me a coffee. I felt very, very special. After I had a coffee in my hand, I was walked outside to where I could test drive a VF8. Uh, They immediately told me, hey, you can't take the coffee in the car. So I, I set it down on a light pole. They walked me over to the car. I was introduced to another VinFast representative that was going to walk me through the test drive. We talked about the car. He showed me the infotainment screen, which was actually pretty responsive. He showed me the modes of the car and all that good stuff. And then he drove first. So we did a little drive around this this very small track. And we got to accelerate and take some tight corners and take some wider corners, go over some bumps. And then he let me drive, and I will say the car drives very nice. I will say the seats are very nice. Like when I sat in the seat, it felt like my posture was better, and it's it felt very comfortable. There's nothing special about the interior of this car, I don't think. It just felt like my Mazda. I like my Mazda, don't get me wrong, but it, it didn't feel like a spaceship. It just felt like a car, and that's okay. 
As far as driving around the track goes, the, the car was very peppy. It made those nice tight corners. The VF8 is a pretty sizable car. It's probably roughly the size of my Mazda CX-9. So it made the corners really nice. And of course, they set it up so that it would do that. They're not going to set it up to fail. About halfway through the track, there's a place where you stop and they ask if you would like your picture taken holding up a sign. I declined because I look like a troll and I don't need pictures reminding me that I look like a troll. And then, um, but they did offer me a cookie at that point, which I couldn't eat in the car. So I took the cookie. Uh, we, we went around one more time and then I said my goodbyes. I'm not a car reviewer, so I'm not qualified to tell you all of the things that were wrong or great about this car. I can just tell you how it felt to me. And I also drove it for about 10 minutes. So it wasn't like, wasn't like anything in depth, but for the time that I had it, it felt like a pretty solid vehicle and it felt like it was heavy. Now, of course, it's going to be heavy because it's got batteries in it, but it felt like a good, strong, sturdy car. One of the things that I really like in a car, and this is superficial, I realize, but when you shut the door, if it feels solid and not, you know, wispy, that that's a good sign to me. And this felt solid. And had I been thinking, I probably should have recorded the test drive I'm pretty sure they would have accommodated that. Oh, and I should say that VinFast says that the VF8 will reach on their website. Hold on, I'm scrolling down here. Sorry about 293 miles of range. And that number is currently on the VF8 product page. That's a pretty good number, 293 miles. However, the little plot twist is that the... U.S. Environmental Protection Agency only gave the VF8 a range of 179 miles. So quite a discrepancy in terms of range. Uh, so that where, where, where is the truth lie? Well, when I went to VinFast's homepage, a little pop-up appears and it says, the all-new all-electric VinFast VF8 City Edition special lease offers for California residents. So I clicked on learn more, right? Because I want to know how much this is going to cost the lease. When you go to the learn more page, it gives you the range of 179 miles. So Obviously, VinFast is not arguing that the range is 179 miles. So if you live in California, you can lease this vehicle for two years. You'll get 10,000 miles a year. You'll need to pay $5,774 when you sign the documents. The interesting thing on this is that uh, you get a 10-year battery warranty, but you're maxed out at two years for the lease. So... I'm, I'm sure every car gets a 10-year battery warranty, but it's a weird thing to crow about. But your monthly payment will be $5.99 a month after everything's all said and done. Now that you know all that, let's listen to the interview. I am here with a VinFast representative, and we are going to talk about what VinFast is offering. First of all, congratulations on actually uh, announcing last year at CES. And then have you delivered? I know they, the 999 of the VF8s are here. Have they, they been delivered yet? Um, I don't think that they are technically on the floor yet. Um, I think that it should be within the next week or two that those 999 will be on the road. We're supposed to be getting another shipment in March, you know, the end of the first quarter, and then we'll have some more VFs on the road then. That's awesome. It, it is 
a testament to VinFest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gush a little bit, and I haven't gushed with anybody else, so I'm going to gush with this company. Uh, it is a testament that you announced and delivered in a year. I did not think that was a possibility, and when you, when they announced it last year, I was like, Fuck. but they did it, and they didn't do it with like a handful. They did it with 999. Yeah. It's and, very impressive. And they have five cars now. Like, for you to even get a prototype, it takes like two years, I hear, for you to get one car. And look at, they have five of them already ready. You know? It's crazy. Yeah, five really nice cars. Let's start with the VF8 and VF9. Just generalized specs. What are, what are you looking at in terms of range and all that stuff? Well, uh, this is the VF8. Absolutely. So the VF8 here. here is a five-seat adult passengers. Uh, it's made for adults. You can see that it's very roomy in the back right here. Uh, like you could get in there and you could have room for your legs and such. You know, uh, it's not too high here, which I like. So it's it's very adulty. Uh, this one gets about 260 miles of range, um, up to 272 if you get the Eco versus the Plus. Um, what else do you want? 402 horsepower, all-wheel drive, a dual motor. Um, what's the what's the price on this? This one is going to be starting at 59,000. 59,000. And let's talk about the VF9. Um, yeah, so the VF9 is going to be what's called our flagship. Uh, this is uh, again made for the adult. The back is a little bit small for an adult to be back there for too long, but if you got kids, it's fine. Um, this one is a six or seven seat passenger. Um, this right here is, excuse me guys, this is going to be with the captain chairs. These are heated and ventilated. Those ones are heated and ventilated. Oh, that's nice. Um, this middle console will become a bench seat if you'd like. So you could have seven people here. And in order to get to the back, you fold this one, and then you just pull this right here, and bam, we're in the back. That's nice. And for those, because this is an audio podcast, the, the back seat almost mirrors the front seat in terms of the way that the console is set up. And that's a really nice, uh, just because I, I think it's way more comfortable to have that console just like you have it right there. That is awesome. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're still driving or being chauffeured in the front seat. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. When What's the range uh, and uh, cost on this guy? So this one is starting at 83000 um, and the range is hopeful to get about 360 or 369 miles, depending on you know, which version you're getting the Eco or the Plus. Okay. This one is also 402 horsepower, dual motor, all-wheel drive. And the panoramic sunroof is only on the uh, the Plus. The Eco has a hard top on both cars. Yeah, and that panoramic sunroof is nice. It goes all the way to the back. Yeah. So that's nice. And then on both of the vehicles, you can't really see it, but there's a pinstripe lighting that oh, yeah. goes all the way That's around very subtle. for ambient lighting. You can change it to whatever color you want. And what about autonomous driving features? Are we sitting at level two, level? So we have um, a level two plus, right? ADAS systems, the advanced driving assistance systems. Comes with a, that comes standard. There are a couple of things that are subscription, but most of them are included with the price of the vehicle, which kind of sets us apart also. Do and that will be the lane change assist, the highway keeping assist, traffic jam assistance, remote summon, remote parking, things like that. Let's go over to the, the VF7. This, honestly, this is a, a really cool looking car. The seven? Um, is this the six? This right is here. the six. This right. is the six we're looking at. Sir. But this is a. This looks really cool. It's got a nice wide stance. Um, it looks sporty. It, it, and then uh, also these were divide, uh, designed. Excuse me by Turing. So you could you could tell that they are two different designers. Yes. But you can also see the similarity. It's over here in the front. 
the the thing that really like just connects them all together is this bump right here in the front. Like this this little wavy right here. You see, on all the vehicles, it has this little waviness. Yeah. And but that one, like you said, that one's more SUV, and this one is more sporty. Like you see, it was very smart to go to different designers. And uh, we just you just announced uh, specs on this one. So we're looking at 175 horsepower, 184 feet pound of torque, and then with a 60 kilowatt hour battery, right around that size. And uh, 248 miles range, which is pretty great. 237 if you want the plus with the all-wheel drive. Um, yeah, that, but no, these are full front-wheel only. Oh, those are front-wheel. The, the 6 is only one motor front-wheel drive. Okay. The 7, you can get one or two motors Okay, okay. And then, 7 um, is also very nice. Yeah, like I really it. think it's going to take it by storm. The, the 7, I think, looks by far the coolest out of all of them. It's got a short little bonnet up front or, or frunk. It's got uh, the inside is beautiful. Yeah, the inside's very sporty. It feels like a little bit like a sports car. It's a little bit bigger than the VF6, but still maintains that real sporty look. Mm -hmm. And it's it looks short, but it's actually pretty long. I think the way it's just like a, a very bulky. It looks like a running back if you were comparing it to a football player. Just kind of stout and and powerful yeah and, and definitely the, from the back it looks great too yeah we have the led strips on all of them in the back and the front that's going to be our signature you know the v so you can see it's coming and going um this cars are these two almost bro second place you almost had it <laughs> uh, what's it called they said this is going to be released at the end of this year um 2023 so this one, a little bit better range, 280, and then you ha can have one or two motors on this one. That's right, that's right. And then do we have prices on the VF6 and the VF7? No. Not yet? No, no, there's, the only thing I can say is the language like this. 59,000, 83,000, and these will be significantly lower. Okay. I like significantly lower. Yeah, right. Did you guys decide on a plant for North America yet? Yes, we have already done groundbreaking in North Carolina. Well, thank you so much for taking your time and yeah. chatting with me. I appreciate it. All right. I would like to thank the very charismatic VinFast employee who helped me out there. And this brings us to the end of the show. So, again, thank you to all of the Patreon supporters who helped me get to CES. I really appreciate that. It really meant a lot to go. I have nothing but gratitude in my heart for each and every one of you. And if you listen to the show, I also used some of the advertising money. It's None of this is a lot. Uh, it's barely $100. Sometimes it's over $100 every month. So I'm not getting rich off of this stuff. Uh, I usually do at the end of the year kind of a breakdown of what I spent and what I made for the Patreon supporters. And I'm still planning on doing that. I just was very busy. So after my family leaves, I'll probably get to that. And then I have some other things that I've promised I would do and I haven't done yet. So I'll start getting to that stuff as well. But again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And if you listen to through all the ads, thank you as well. All right. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I'm going to go get to bed because we're celebrating my mom's birthday tomorrow. So it's going to be a busy day.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.